just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Here's what Salt Lake's talking about. It's the first ever Indigenous Fashion Week in Salt Lake City. Every designer and model on Saturday's catwalk will be native. So you know we had to ask, what are spring's hottest trends? It's Thursday, April 13th. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Sahar Kajanuri, you are a Diné fashion model and designer who will be participating in Salt Lake's first ever Indigenous Fashion Week. What is your earliest memory of knowing you loved fashion? My earliest memory of fashion takes me all the way back to the age of five, maybe even earlier. At the time, my mother and father were going to school at the University of Utah, and I lived with my grandmother on Therese, and we didn't have electricity or running water at the time, but what she did have was her uh, sewing machine that you pump with your foot, and that's where I learn the basics of sewing and at age five i took a sewing class when i went to live with my mother on campus housing actually it was at utah state (laughs) and i made my first blouse and skirt i made the blouse for my mother and the skirt for myself and that was my first piece that i had ever created for humans aside from all the barbie clothes that i had made but (laughs) that's when I discovered the magic of taking fabric like a two-dimensional medium and then creating something three-dimensional well can you tell me like a little bit about the importance of clothing and fashion for Navajo or Diné people Anytime there is a an event, an indigenous event, uh, any Diné gathering, you will witness fashionistas in their finest, <laughs> whether it's a velvet skirt or uh, gorgeous jewelry combinations of coral and turquoise and silver. Fashion, fashion is important uh, to the community because... I mean, we say fashion as a modern term, but it's really Mm. part of your aesthetic is kind of a part of the culture. I mean, the culture itself is based around like the word hojo, which is balance, it's beauty. And that's reflected in the way that we carry ourselves, not just our posture and our attitude, but but our, our clothing and how we represent ourselves visually. So it's a part of the culture. It always has been. What kind of stories can fashion bring to life? Fashion brings stories like history and uh, stories of family backgrounds. In the Navajo culture, there are so many instances that where a garment has a footprint in something that happened whether historically or through an old teaching. Um, And 
we see that reflected in the clothes that we wear today, whether it's our style of moccasin with the red leather on the top and the hard white leather on the bottom, or if it's the way we wrap our hair when we tie a Navajo bun, a tzigil. These are all things that from an outsider's perspective, you would think, oh, it's a style, it's a fashion. But for Diné people, what we wear has an entire background and it's really it's beautiful because we're wearing not just art but we're wearing culture and we're wearing teachings we're wearing disciplines like it's a it's kind of funny to say that as i say it out loud but that's actually what that is i could even illustrate that just by wearing a rug dress a rug dress is something that um the the women of the Diné people have been practicing for quite some time. Weaving is something that was given to us, a gift, a skill from Spider Woman. And the stories that come from that, from her teachings, are something that we wear in our bodies. So you can appreciate it when you put it on. Other people appreciate when you wear it. It's a sign of respect, not just for yourself not just for your family, but for the people that you meet. So fashion is really more than just clothing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because like we live in this time right now where we hear the term fast fashion mm -hmm. a lot, referring to like the forever 21 of it all, right? Things you buy and intend to wear for a day or six months. It sounds like what you're describing is slow fashion. Like this, there's a timelessness to these pieces. There is definitely a timelessness to the clothing that we wear. And I see that reflected even outside of the indigenous community. I mean, if you were to purchase a squash blossom, that's something that you're going to find is rather spendy. And I'm always describing mm -hmm. buying Danette jewelry, silver and turquoise or silver and coral jewelry is more than just a fashion piece. I mean, it's also their investment pieces. They only increase in value. And the same with the rug dress, whether it was fresh off the loom yesterday or you purchased one that was completed 50 years ago. These are pieces that grow in value, both sentiment and monetary. And you're absolutely right. It is the opposite of fast fashion. I think the slower something takes to make, the more value it, it creates. The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court, and this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. 
We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. So you and I are chatting because this weekend is Salt Lake's first Indigenous Fashion Week. And one of the reasons I'm so surprised that this is the first time we've had an Indigenous Fashion Week in this city is that if you walk into most stores or you look around the city, you see Native trends everywhere. They've been culturally appropriated as, you might say, like bohemian style. But I'd like to know, what are some of your favorite current Diné trends that you're seeing from Indigenous creators? Oh, gosh. I just came back from the Res, the Reservation Economic Summit uh, conference in Las Vegas. And this year was all about fashion. And we had a lot of <laughs> designers that came from the Northern tribes, the Plains tribes, and they were bringing out their styles. We saw lots of prints with elk tooth and woodland florals. And I was excited for our fashion show coming up this weekend because I anticipate a lot of people experiencing some other designs that are signature to the Southwest. Uh, Jessica Wiarda hmm. is a Hopi artist and designer. She has impeccable eye for creating these really memorable silk kimonos with Hopi design that's inspired from Hopi pottery. And I don't want to speak too much on, on her style because that's signature uniquely hers. Yeah. We have other designers. Uh, we have a Ute designer who has created this fusion of traditional and slash contemporary uh, style. It's like a plains, very unique to uh Ute tribe and i myself will be bringing some of my dinne of flavor to the mix tell me about your designs so truth be told i i'm still lamenting over my sewing machine uh (laughs) that's what happens like creativity doesn't always happen on schedule sometimes you have to Mm -hmm. leave walk away and come back with a fresh mind and you're ready to rock and roll but this is all about the show is all about spring and bringing a little glam to western wear uh, with a native touch Mm. and i want to create pieces that are fun that are youthful but things that are very wearable and previous pieces i've created were one of my favorite my signature piece and previous shows has been this micro suede black deep v 
mini dress. It's a, made in a micro suede with these super long fringes and they're fun and playful. Yeah. I, I love when somebody enters a room and people say, oh my gosh, did you see what she's wearing? Like, I love that. Yes, me too. And it feels like, I mean, we don't, see a ton of that in Salt Lake. I don't want to undermine our local fashionistas, but I love the idea of seeing more bold choices on city slickers. You know, this past weekend was the University of Utah powwow. And I love attending these events because I think a lot of the pieces that maybe some people feel a little more self-conscious wearing in a non-native setting, mm. they can go all out at the powwow and mix gorgeous pieces from different indigenous artists. And you have tons of patterns and colors. And the common theme, though, across the board, I'd say is delivering a more conservative or not conservative, excuse me, like a more modest approach. Uh, traditionally, we, mm. we, we wore skirts knee length or, or lower. And I know that's kind of silly to bring up, but thinking about the, the trends we see, lots of ribbon skirts. What's a ribbon skirt? The ribbon skirt originated from the Plains tribes and it's typically a cotton fabric with cute, I think they call it calico as a print, uh, with tiny florals. Okay. And a series of ribbons across the bottom. And some designers will leave the ribbons jetting off the sides of the skirts and some clean it up and and stitch the ends of the ribbon inside but you see this paired often with t-shirts that speak on activism whether it's tribal sovereignty or protecting bears ears or gosh all sorts of social justice environmental justice topics you typically see those t-shirts paired with a gorgeous ribbon skirt. And I believe that the number of the ribbons for some tribes will indicate whether a woman is married or not married, but that's, uh, that's the word on the street. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the hot goss. (laughs) Well, I love that you brought up the relationship between activism and design, because it is possible that this summer, the United States Supreme Court will overturn the Indian Child Welfare Act which is basically a law that says that indigenous children cannot be adopted by non-indigenous parents, that they are to be raised in indigenous homes. What is the relationship between this ruling being in jeopardy and establishing traditions like Salt Lake Indigenous Fashion Week? Oh, gosh. So bills like HB 40 created to work with Utah tribes to protect Native children, you know, keeping Native children uh, inside Native households. I think the importance or relevance of keeping indigenous children in indigenous homes is to create a sense of identity, uh, belonging, to pass down cultural teachings. And it gets messy because when you have children who grew up completely removed or stripped of their uh, cultural identity or somebody else who, who understands that, then they lose that sense of self and that sense of self often translates into a loss of self-esteem or when you lose your identity you totally lose a, a piece of yourself and often i see that has a negative effect so when we keep children in native homes uh, native children in native homes you have that support system you have that knowledge base and that's powerful i've been concerned 
about ICWA and the support that we would see, you know, in different states, what will that mean? And just even beyond the care of these children, or what does that do to tribal sovereignty, like sovereign entities? I mean, we're essentially countries within a country, but when you take away the ability for us to, you know, take in our own youth, what does that say Mm -hmm. about our government to government relations that that basically dissolves that. So it was, mm-hmm. it was hot. It's a, it's a hot topic right now in our community. And it's frustrating, to say the least. Yeah. In light of that, what can a fashion show accomplish? Or is that asking a fashion show to do too much? You know, somebody could easily ask, like, what does fashion mean? Is it more than just clothing? 100% the answer is yes. Uh, mm-hmm. This creates a visibility. This creates an awareness that the community defies what people have previously uh, labeled uh, with negative stereotypes. This shows the beauty of our community, the brilliance of our designers, the healthy lifestyle and all the beautiful things that culture can provide. I think a, a fashion show also gives a face to a whole community and kind of breaking down those dehumanizing uh, labels that people could have created in the past and and see us for more than the ugly stereotypes that I don't even want to I don't even want to list them because I don't want to no yeah, please don't, <laughs> don't want to speak those things into the universe but I I would love for non-indigenous people to come out of the fashion show and to see the beauty that we have created within our communities that we want to share. And hopefully when people own our pieces, wear our items, people ask them about it, and then they can share those conversations. And this grows. And that's ideally, at the end of the day, that would be the most beautiful thing that could come out of attending something as simple as a fashion show. Sahar Khajanuri, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for giving us this opportunity and to share your platform. Saturday evening's Indigenous Fashion Show is sold out, though you might still be able to cop some $5 overflow tickets, and I dropped a link in the show notes. In our conversation, Sahar and I talked about ICWA, the Indian Child Welfare Act, which offers legal protections ensuring indigenous children are raised in biological homes. It's a law that reckons with this nation's centuries of kidnapping native children. It's possible, for example, you're familiar with the horrors of Indian boarding schools. And it's true that there is a grave concern that the United States Supreme Court will rule to overturn the policy this summer. Now, Utah had plans to codify ICWA during its last legislative session, but they completely fumbled the bag. And it's unclear why. Lieutenant Governor Deidre Henderson came out strong in support of the effort, as did Attorney General Sean Reyes, who even penned an op-ed in the Deseret News. Members of Utah's eight sovereign and federally recognized tribes gathered at the Capitol to help get it done, but legislators decided to table it. It was another about-face from the state. For more on ICWA, I do recommend listening to the podcast This Land or following the work of journalists at High Country News. That is all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We will be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.